Welcome to the family with special guest. Yeah, Dan Chesky's here with you guys. And Andy Rampernard. Murray Bell's going to be in as well. We'll be schmoozing. We'll be talking about all kinds of stuff, particularly how insane people are right now. But other than that, we'll be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy? How long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Doug Doug Sprinthal is not here today because he's visiting his 90-year-old father. It's his uh, father's 90th birthday today. So he's down uh, in the Carolinas hanging out with his uh, family down there. So we decided, you know, it's Thursday. It's usually car selling secrets. Who do we know that might have some boat-selling secrets? Oh, that's right, Dan Chess. Yes, we can go through boat-selling secrets. So the second hour will be boat-selling secrets. This hour will be covering the psychotic news. Uh, I didn't see one other guy who's uh, gotten in a motorcycle car accident uh, who was lying knocked uh, out unconscious in the street while 10, 12 people robbed him. Thank God there's no new story on that one. That's great, isn't it? Unbelievable. Did you know the guy in the motorcycle, when he first woke up, he thought it was his fault? Then he realized it wasn't his fault. Did you hear how his motorcycle got run into? Run it by me again. I was driving to work, and I wasn't completely paying attention to what you were saying. Guy in the car decides he's in the right lane. Motorcycle's in the left lane. Guy in the right lane decides he's going to make a U-turn in the middle of the block. I see that all the time. Middle of the block. Call it a California U-E. Yeah. No, I got to ask you a question. I was just on here. I drove here from uh, from 494 and 100. That's where I came from, right? Yep. At least three cars went by me doing over 100 miles an hour. They're Middle moving. of the day. They are moving right now. Where are you going that you need to drive over 100 miles an hour at noon or 11 o'clock in the morning, I guess it would have been? Well, it's like celebrity shoplifting. They don't need to. They just do it because they can. <laughs> See what they can get away with. See yeah. what they can get away with. Mm-hmm. I suppose that is true. Ray Bell's going to come in. Ray's going to fill in for Andy when Andy's out on uh, maternity leave. Well, congratulations, Andy. Thank you. So Ray's run boards Three before. Three months. 
Three more months for yeah, from right now. That's right. It's the nineteenth today. You know, it's it the twenty years of paternity leave. <laughs> Oh, for Christ's sake. You sound like, leave, you, sound like you work at KQ. Oh, paid maternity leave. Bam. Now you really sound like the people I work with at KQ. Yeah, I won't be able to come in, Tom. So, you know, I, uh, gosh, I, uh, like, whatever. It'll all work out in the end. I love this story. The only thing missing from this supermarket confrontation was the mournful tuba accompaniment. What Newsweek deems a pretty, pretty strange scene took place recently on Martha's Vineyard. And a page six spy was there to uh, document it all. Per the gossip section of the New York Post, the squabble went down at the Chilmark General Store between Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm creator Larry David and former law, Harvard Law professor Alan Dershowitz. With the tiff revolving around the latter's ties to former President Trump and his administration, we can still talk, Larry, Dershowitz said to his ex-friend David. Oh, now they're ex-friends yeah, already. Now they're ex-friends. That happened quick. Who said to have replied, no, we really can't. I saw you. I saw you with your arm around former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. It's disgusting when Dershowitz noted Pompeo was a former student and that he'd simply been greeting him. David replied, it's disgusting. You're a whole enclave. It's disgusting. You're disgusting. I I try really hard because I think he, his, his stuff is very funny. Larry David's very funny, but he is a bizarre human being. Well, he's the very definition of a tortured artist. <laughs> he really is, isn't yep. he? I talked to him once about, God, 20 years ago I sat and talked to him. He is just out there. Yeah. There's really? something really wrong with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's very funny. Brilliant writer. Brilliant writer. Yeah, I was going to say, his writing's pretty good. No doubt about that. Well, Larry David then stormed off as per, per uh, page six. Dershowitz drove off, uh, drove off in an old, dirty Volvo. See, the car had to be dirty, too, because he was driving it. Mm-hmm. Intelligence notes, uh, Dershowitz has long been griping about his uh, pariah status on Martha's Vineyard, citing a 2018 Hill op-ed in which the attorney claimed that people he used to be friends with on the island are shunning me and trying to ban me from their social life. Do, please, do that for me. Ban me from your social, social life. Ban me. Yeah, really. I don't want to be anywhere near you anyway if you're that locked into one train of thought. Dan, let me ask you a question. Andy and I have talked about this a lot. What, how, where, how did we... Look, I know we've been there in some ways. I have an older brother and older sister that don't talk to me anymore. Yeah, and, it's it's definitely different out. You know, you you have to you know keep your mouth shut a lot of the time because you never know who's standing next to you. I guess I. But look, you take uh, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton. Go all the way back. I was born. Harry Truman was the president. Harry Truman, nuclear. Uh, dropped nuclear weapons on what? How many hundreds of thousands of Japanese people? A lot. Yeah. Now, if he had to do it, I don't know. I, I wasn't born yet, so I don't have an opinion on that. But he is also the man who put Social Security in the general fund, which is why you and I, as Minnesotans, have to pay taxes on it now. Mm-hmm. So you take them all, put them all together. I can't pick them apart. I can't even tell them apart. They have extreme views on either side, and they're the exact same people. They're in it for the, for the popularity and the money. Agreed. Yes, agreed. And what I'd also add to that, too, is um, the, the right seems to be, you know, over time, the left has gone really left, and the right's just kind of following a little bit, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're just right behind them. And so it's, it, things are they're definitely changing since back then. Well, here's what I don't understand. Okay, you're Larry David, right? You're a billionaire from writing comedy for television. You're really good at it. I love your shows. I was not a big Seinfeld watcher. I watched some of it. It was okay. I never thought Seinfeld was funny at all. He just He's that really bad actor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he still did it, and God bless him. He's a billionaire as well, so apparently he knew what he was doing. But, but here's what I don't understand. You're a billionaire, but you're going to bitch about the president of the United States in a country that made you a billionaire? Exactly. Really? You know, Larry's the kind of guy, when I picture an old man standing on his lawn screaming, Get off my lawn! That's, that's exactly the guy I picture. That's exactly right. That's exactly it. Uh, so here you go. Dershowitz, who worked with the uh, Pompeo on policy regarding the Middle East, tells page six that he's bummed that David, whom uh, he described as having a bright red face during their argument, as if he were about to have a stroke. <laughs> well, that's real nice. Can't seem to understand why it was important to him to advocate for Israel, even if it had been for Team Trump. 
that's the part I don't understand either. Why is it the Jews don't want other Jews to advocate for Israel? Because your guy's gone now. He was voted out. Yeah, it's, 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 it is really, you know, it's secular, you know, to say the least. It is, uh, but I, I literally, and, and again, my oldest brother and oldest sister, I haven't talked to either one of them in years. My sister I haven't seen probably in 20 years, and it was all about politics. Because yep. I, I just wouldn't follow that. Look, I am not an ardent Democrat. I am not an ardent, ardent, uh, ardent uh, Republican. I kind of am stuck in the middle watching all you goofballs making fools of yourselves. Yep. Jesus, I, I just, I can't believe the world is, has arrived at this juncture. And it is, well, like you said, it ha- it's happened to your family. It's happened to some degree, uh, you know, with my uncle uh, on my dad's side. And, you know, he's just so, so whacked out left. It's, you can't even, you know, listen to that anymore. So you just... And I've got an open mind. I'll listen yeah, to well, anything, you know. Uh, but some of this stuff is just absolutely so far off center and off the wall. You can't even pay any attention to it, and it just drives you apart. That's all it does. In a bit of a segue, I've noticed this guy. What the hell's his name again? It's Mike. Uh, oh, what's his name? Mike Richards. Yeah, he's the new host of uh, Jeopardy. Okay. I don't think he's going to make it. They're going out of their way to try to destroy this guy. I don't know what he did, but they do not like him, and they do not want him to be hosting Jeopardy. I wonder, you know, didn't I see, and maybe I read this wrong, but I thought there was going to be co-hosts, and I didn't quite understand how that was going to work for Jeopardy. He's going to do the daytime one, and apparently Mayim Bialik is going to do the nighttime one. Okay. I guess that's how it's going to go. Uh, when it was revealed earlier this month that Mike Richards, the new permanent host of the regular version of Jeopardy, had been named in discrimination lawsuits during his time as producer of The Price is Right, he insisted that those complaints do not reflect the reality of who I am. Now Richards is once again being forced to explain this. Now here's new, new news. Explain the reality of who he is after comments he made in a podcast he hosted in 2013 and 14 about Jews, poor people, women, Haiti, and his admiration for white male TV hosts, among others, emerged. So why would you throw in white male TV hosts? He can he can admire them if he wants. Can't he? Yeah, not exactly. Today he can't. Nope. So I can admire Aretha Franklin and Marvin Gaye, but I'm not black. Why? Why? I don't get it. Yeah, makes no sense at all. There. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, some of the eyebrows ra- eyebrow raising remarks from uh, the Random Show, and by the way, Random is spelled D U M B. Get it? Uh, <laughs> get it, Andy? I think I do. Ah. Uh, per the Daily Beast, Washington Post, and The Ringer, which uh, reviewed all 41 episodes of the podcast and found Richards repeatedly used offensive language and disparaged women's bodies. Now, again, disparaged, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. While asking his podcast co-host if she'd ever taken nude pictures of herself, like booby pictures, what are we looking at? Uh, is that it's disparaging? Really not that offensive no, or disparaging. It's no. no, it's not. Women who wear one-piece swimsuit, it makes them look really frumpy and overweight. He's talking about the suit, not the women. Exactly. I'm not, look, I don't know this guy. I'm not trying to defend him, but I just don't understand what you're so far. I don't get it. On big noses, ixnay on the oznay, she's not an UJ. Whoops. He <laughs> may have just hit the wall. Yeah, let's not go with the ixnay on the UJ. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, Although I like ixnay on the UJ because I say it to Tony all the time. So, yeah, my work, uh, my work ethic must... Uh, is getting in my way because I just don't watch any of this stuff. No, I don't either. I don't either. I don't watch any of it anymore. I am too busy working. (laughs) On his admiration for Survivor host Jeff Probst, I like, you know, the average white guy host. So, (laughs) if he like... Look, you like black athletes? Do you like white hope? Who gives a damn? It, I don't know why they have to attach color to everything. It just doesn't make a difference. I mean... Uh, Walls was quoted the other day or talking about um, the Hmong farmers mm-hmm. and how they're being affected by the drought. So the other farmers? Yeah, the on, only Hmong are? That's yeah, interesting. The, yeah, the blacks the and the white farmers are the, going know. around the Hmong farms exactly. and raining on everyone else. Exactly. Everybody else has got plenty of water except for the Hmong farmers. I just don't know why you even have to segregate it off. Just... Uh, Tell the story as it is, and farmers are hurting for water. Yeah, I, once again, if I were Hmong or black or brown or whatever, I would call them and say, would you stop trying to use me to make money? 
Because I know you're just using me to get votes. And the more votes you get, the more money you're going to make through donations from people like that puke from Hungary. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. never remember that guy's name. Soros. So, George oh, Soros, yeah. yeah. Look, stop using my ethnicity or my skin color to make money. Because that's all they're doing. I, people know that. Yep. I just, Jesus, would you just calm down and re- relax for a minute? It just seems to me that there's so many great things. You know, I talked about that today because uh, the movie Respect is coming out, played by Jennifer Hudson, uh, Aretha Franklin. Uh, the life story of her, well, about 10 years, I think, of Aretha Franklin's life. And I, I sat and thought about that while they were talking about, you know, the, the, the movie Respect coming out and Aretha Franklin, maybe the greatest singer ever born, <clears throat> possibly. And I thought, you know, I'm sitting here all these years later, and I had the most fortunate teen years maybe of all time. Because when I was a little baby, Elvis Presley was huge. Mm. And then by the time I got to be a teenager, actually I was only 11 or 12 when they first broke, I all of a sudden had the Beatles, they had the Rolling Stones, I had Marvin Gaye, I had Aretha Franklin, I had Jimi Hendrix. I, you had them all. What a lovely time to be alive as a yep. teenage boy. And you just don't uh, realize it at that time. You right. Know, what you're sitting in is a bunch of greatness as far as music goes. And uh you know, it took a few years, and then you finally realized, holy cow, I grew up in the, the mega time of music, you know, I'm rock. The, if you can find a better album than What's Going On or Revolver or any of Aretha's uh, albums, because she, she probably was the greatest singer of all time. And I'm not talking about women or men. I'm talking about singers. Singers she, in general, yeah. My God, what a great, uh, what a great... I, I, and maybe it's because I, look, I got a great wife, I have great kids, got great grandkids, my friends, my coworkers. I mean, I, I'm a very, very fortunate guy. Yeah, I do work my ass off, but I'm a very fortunate guy in that it was teed up for me. The music could not have been better when I was a little boy than a teenager, than in my early 20s. You know, mm-hmm. I met this wonderful woman. We have wonderful kids. I got a great, I have great, three great jobs, I, you know. <laughs> Yep. 16 hours a day, but other than that... I hear you. But it's just... I, why are people looking toward, I'm offended or I'm a victim instead of, look how lucky I am. Yeah. I'm a very lucky guy. I really, you know. Yeah. You know, there are not... It's funny, Dan, you probably... Maybe you do know this. I don't know, because you've dealt with it uh, all along. I get calls from around the country from radio people going, I heard you hang out with your advertisers. And I said, yeah, Why? He said, nobody does that. And I said, why not? He said, well, you know, kind of pandering. I said, I don't hang around with them because they're my friends. They became friends because I spent a lot of time with them. I don't hang out with them because they're advertisers. Yeah. Um, they, they really don't, don't understand that at all. I said, look, you got to – Mike Bilski, he was my friend before he ever advertised. You know, Steve from Sabre. You've met Steve. Yeah, I met Steve, yes. You meet a nicer guy in the world? Another Polak like myself. <laughs> Another Polak. Bilski. Bilski. I think all your friends are Polaks. Yeah, we're going to have to go with Sprintholsky. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think Sprintholsky is. But... Sprintholsky. It's his new name, the Polak from Michael Bryansky. Yeah. But why is it not clear to people that you function in a, I, I'm not going to avoid this, that, or the other thing. You function with the people... Uh, that surround you, whether they're your friends, your family, your whatever, your new friends. Uh, enjoy yourself. Try avoiding people because they're your. Av- Do they think that makes them look like horish or something? I really don't understand it. I don't get it either. No, nope, don't. That'd be like, well, Dan Chesky won't hang out with any boat makers. <laughs> like what? Yeah. No. No, can't do it. <laughs> no, I, I've got a lot of rep friends out there. That, uh, of course. Exactly. I mean, it's it's all good. I mean. It, yeah, I see, that's the way I look at it. Once again, I, I consider myself to be the luckiest guy in the world. Now, look, you know, people have gone out of the way to be a pain in the ass about it. It was funny because somebody brought this up to me today, and it's not, it's not necessary to mention it or whatever, but there's... There's a group of radio people in town here that are being sued over, you know, some things that this person's had to happen, blah, 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 blah. Not one word about it in the press. Now, Mr. Chesky and Andy, do you think if I were being sued, it might have shown up on 4, 5, 9, oh, 11 yeah. in every newspaper oh, in the state? Oh, my gosh, it'd be everywhere. It'd be everywhere. It would be chasing you down on social media like no tomorrow. Oh, God, yes. So, um, 
I, I just don't understand people. Why is it okay with some people, not okay with other people? Oh, we can just ignore that. The thing about that is I, I'm, I'm assuming is that nobody gives a rat's ass. You know, it doesn't have that impact, so they don't care. I think uh, to some degree a little bit of that, but I also think, you know, if it doesn't uh, sell more newspapers or sound good on the TV, it's just right. not going to get reported. And it's it's not always what they want to, uh, you know, it's not always the outcome they want. So if it, right. if it doesn't have the outcome they want, they're not going to do it. They're just not going to talk about it. Well, and listeners did send me messages, you know, this morning and all the rest of it, this whole situation going... Tom, it wasn't about exposing you. It was about ruining your life. They wanted to ruin your career. Yep. They, did, you know, they did. And which, I don't know what the hell I ever did with them, other other than disagree with them politically. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't understand why they would get so whipped up about this kind of thing. I, I remember Jesus. I sat down with the old publisher of the, uh, or the chief editor. I can't remember what the hell his title was, but. He, I sat at lunch and he had had a couple of drinks and he went off on me. I was like, "Why do you care so much?" Well, you've got a huge voice. You should use it for good instead of evil. I'm like, evil. evil. Good, of course, means my personal views. Yeah, but good. The good part are my personal views, Tom. <clears throat> yep. But I just, I thought, why do I have the editor in chief of the, you know, one of the biggest newspapers? In the Midwest, one of the biggest, I don't know about the biggest in the country, but certainly in the Midwest, why did you take time to have lunch with me to tell me how off base I am? Well, you just want me to come over to your side. And if I had said, you know what, I think I'll do that, I'd have a lot more money today because I'd have been in that whole little crowd then, wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. A little click. Yep. I have no interest in being in your click, so I would rather starve to death than kiss your ass. That's the way I look at it. I mean, it is. That's yep. the way I've always looked at it. Yeah, I could, I could today go, you know what? I've decided I'm going to come over to your team, and I'm, I'm fully going to support everything you have to say. Boy, I would have dough rolling in like there's no tomorrow. But I have no interest in that because I, I am not about kissing anyone's ass. It ain't going to happen. Never going to happen. No. Nope. I don't know. People are I just can, so weird. I remember the first time we met. You, that's about what you told me. Dan, do whatever you want. But I ain't gonna lie for you. That's it. <laughs> I'm not gonna be that. Well, that's, nope, that's, that's it. To, just tell that to everybody. Yep. Well, you're not big on lying to people anyway. No, I'm not big on lying either. So no, you are not. But it's just uh, you know, I'm just gonna lay it right out there right now. That's what I've it's always done. It's gonna be done. an honest deal, Dan. All right, <laughs> that's what it is. Honest to God. Oh, Andy, you know, we played that Jack Morris audio on the show yesterday, didn't we? I don't think so. Oh, we played it on the morning show then. Apparently the Tigers have suspended Jack Morris for his racist remarks. Yeah. Did you hear? He should not have done what he did. I don't know if he should be suspended. And if I were, uh, if I were an Asian leader, I, they were talking about. Oh, they were talking about Japan because it was Otani. Yeah. If I were Japanese, I'd go. You know what? It was stupid. Settle down. He shouldn't be suspended from his job for this because he went. Something like, oh, very, very nice. You know, some, one of okay. that kind of deal. Yeah, no. Again, shouldn't have done it, but should he lose his job over it? I I don't know. They have to take everything to the nth degree and make this little molehill such a mountain today. And again, if he had said about a white player, that honky mother effer, they go, oh, that's okay. Yeah, oh. they don't care about that. They don't care about that. Oh, and Jack's a customer, so yeah, no. Jack's Apparently a customer. Apparently Shohei yep. Otani Him said he and, wasn't uh, bothered by the comments. Yeah, so. Otani didn't care. He didn't care at all. <clears throat> So it's like, why are you judging? Because it's all white people making this call. It's got mm-hmm. nothing to do with Japanese people, Asian people even. This is all white people. Mm-hmm. How is it that you know more about being Japanese than a Japanese person? How is that even possible? Uh, believe me, it is today. And I love these white people that live out in Whispering Acres that think they know all about black and brown people, man. I know everything about You don't know anything about them, but you're an expert somehow. I don't know. Just leave everybody alone. You're judging people based on their skin color, which was never a good idea. So why you're perpetuating it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get. Um, oh, my God, there's a bus driver shortage and school starting, what, next week? There's a bus driver shortage. They don't have enough bus, uh, school bus drivers in St. Paul to drive all the students to school. That is just crazy. It it doesn't surprise me. I mean, there's a truck driver shortage. There's a bus driver shortage. It doesn't surprise me. But, I mean, isn't there 10 million jobs open? If you want to work, you can work. You can get a job as a bus driver. You know, if that's not what you wanted to do. Look, my first radio job I ever got 
was on a country western station called KDAN in St. Paul's, a little 1378 AM daytimer, right? Mm hmm. You think I knew anything about country music coming off of Plymouth Avenue? Nope. No. But you do what you do. It's not that I hated the job. I just didn't know what the hell I was doing because I didn't know. Here is Porter Wagner. I'm like, who the hell is Porter Wagner? Yep. I didn't know. So suck it up, get off your ass, and get to work. Besides, nothing works looks worse on a resume than a big span and nothing done. Well, you got that right. You're absolutely right about that. So we, even if you're a bottle washer or yeah. whatever, it just it still looks better on a resume than nothing. No, you're absolutely right about that. We shall take a quick break. Be right back with Dan Chesky. On the coming up in a second hour, boat selling secrets. I love it. All right. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender. Listen up, drivers. Are you doing the same thing every day, driving the same hours, making the same money? Well, stop and listen. Priority Courier Experts has a wide range of driving opportunities available right now. So if you're a professional driver or determined to become one, we can show you the benefits of partnering with Priority. Hey, Forrest, can you tell the good drivers of the Twin Cities which vehicles Priority has available in their lease-to-own program? Well, I'd really like my friend Bubba to help me with this. Forest, we have dock trucks, tractor-trailer trucks, flatbed trucks, curtain-side dock trucks, flatbed Moffat trucks, Ford Transit and Transit Connect Vans trucks. Hey, Forrest, shouldn't we have a shrimp truck? Bubba, I think you're on to something there. There you have it. Every kind of vehicle you could imagine, all doing same-day deliveries in town. Call Priority right now, and we'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Oh, yeah. We are back. We're not going to wear headphones. You're just going to sit there. You're not going to talk. I suppose I could grab these. I suppose I could really. I just uh, thought I'd be a spectator today. You don't want to talk? Yeah. No, well, of course. I, I, listen, I, you know, um, I've, I've, you know, I'm here to just be a sounding board and give you a little feedback because I've heard on other shows that that could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Well, aren't you supposed to be here for the second hour? Uh, <laughs> I was driving around the first hour. I love it. No, we're just talking about different things. And well, actually, when we're off the air, Dan Chesky and I were talking about the fact that 93X is, is building a hell of a nice audience for themselves. Our sister station over there at, uh, at Cumulus. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine they got to be pretty happy about it. And I, you know, of course, had the audacity to talk about meat sauce on the show. I've known Paul Lambert since he was 16 years old. And I, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cover that up on the air. Oh, I can't bring up your name because you're a competitor. I mean, John Hines and I are best friends, and we competed against one another for 35 years. So you can get past that, don't you think? You can get past it, trust me. Please. You know, that's something that used to happen in the past. Have you noticed on ESPN and TNT and these networks, now there's all this cross-promotion. Have yeah. you noticed that yes, I you absolutely. Know, you'll hear um, you know, Jack Buck promoting ESPN, especially when they have, you know, uh, how about uh, Jim Nance, college basketball, right, jumping across right. these networks during March Madness. Mm-hmm. It's become not a big deal anymore. Why wouldn't you accept a free promotion? Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I mean, it's just really, really stupid. But, well, you know, Mark Rosen was working there. Louie Nanny pops on over at KFAN. You know, Paul Lambert's a really good friend. I got, I got friends over there. You know, Chad Hartman's a good friend of mine. He works at CCO. John Hines worked at every place I didn't work, basically. Well, and to act like there's no um, cross-listenership. Hey, well, you're, you're, kidding, yeah. you're kidding yourself, right? I mean, exactly. people don't hit buttons on the radio. <laughs> No, of course exactly. they did. Yeah, seriously. You know, I've had stations, you know, like KD promote me as the biggest asshole ever born. So I thought that was nice. Perfect. Yeah, it kind of worked out for me. <laughs> Look at Chesky laughing over there. I think that's hilarious. By the way, you have to go by Belsky today because we got we got Chesky, Bilsky, <laughs> we got Hukowski. We got so you have to be Belsky. Okay, I'll, I've heard that you got to be a Polak to be on the show, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to be a Polak to get on the show. So we went with Sprintholsky, which I think is a that's a pretty decent name, actually. I kind of like Ray Belsky. I mean, that that yeah, sounds Bel- even more. Belsky. That even sounds more Polish, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Sounds like a like a medication. Take two pills of Rebelski. <laughs> right. Yeah. You take I, your Rebelski and you'll be fine. Uh, how do you like these medications that are out there now that are take a medication for the medication that you're taking? Yep. Yeah. And then That's the side great. effects just go on forever. So you got to take another medication for those. Now, I should uh, say that Ray Bell and I worked together, Ray in the sales department over at KQRS, but you had a long and storied radio career as well, right? I did. It just seems like a blur. Um, and last week, uh, I don't know that you heard about this story, but uh, I went to a celebration of life for a guy named John O'Connell. I don't know oh, if you yeah. know that I, name. But, I know John well. Uh, yeah. John was the marketing director at KDWB when I was on there in the 90s as a guy named Michael Knight. And um, hell of a guy. Um, yeah. And then he yeah, went on he to be, was. I think he was the uh, marketing director for the Timberwolves he for was. about 10 years, yeah, right? he was, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> so I went to this celebration of life last week, and do you want to talk about, do you remember that uh, scene from the Big Chill when everybody gets back together and they haven't seen each other for 20 years? Oh, they yes, all go right. into the church, yeah. and then yeah. the Stones song comes on. You can't always get what you want. Right. Remember? I mean, it yeah. was just like, that was a cool movie, right? Yep. This is what it was like when I walked into Assumption Church over in downtown St. Paul. Um, um, this, it was an unbelievable day. I uh, walked into the church at about the time that the, celebra- or the celebration of life began, and it was this classic Catholic Mass, which you don't see much of. You don't hear much of no, anymore. True, yeah, I yeah. mean, when was the last time you saw a funeral procession? I mean, everybody gets no, cremated you're right. now. Yeah, you're right. And yep. you get into these, you know, party halls, and you have these, everybody stands up and says, hey, uh, John was a great guy and this kind of stuff. But this was, you could tell this guy was a, a marketing director. And, I mean, sadly, he planned this whole thing. And yeah, when he I, yep. it was... It was, I have to tell you, it was incredibly touching. Walk in the back of the church, Tom, and you notice, like, you know all the people that you've met in media throughout the years. I walk in, and I'm in the last pew, and I walk in, and remember, I haven't seen these guys for a long time. I walk, da- I walk in, and I sit down by this guy. I look at him, I go, I wonder who this older guy is. I look over, it's Dave Ryan. <laughs> The older guy? <laughs> the older guy. Right, he's, a little, right. he's a little older guy. Well, he's got a gray him. beard, right? Oh, and he does? So, yeah, yeah. That. And so Dave looks at me, and he's like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Because I haven't seen him in that many years, you know? Really? And then I look ahead, and here's your, you know, big chill moment. I look ahead of me, and this, the church is full, and I see Lee Valsvik. Oh, and him, I yeah. see, you know, all these people, like a guy named John London who used to do middays at KDWB and at KS95. And, you know, David Christian, who worked in this market way back at WLOL, and just all these people. And, man, you want to talk about a surreal um, Mm -hmm. deal. And, you know, we were just talking about, you know, name dropping and, you know, (laughs) all these people work for iHeart and, you know, um, uh, what used to be Intercom and and all these other people. You know, it was just... uh, you know, and I'm glad that I actually brought this up on the podcast because John O'Connell was a hell of a guy. Yeah, everybody I, loved. He, he even tolerated Pat Ebert's. What does that tell you? <laughs> I mean, think about true it. that. I mean, because <laughs> it's true that. <laughs> because Pat. Oh, by the way, Pat listens to the show every day. Yeah. Pat, I know you're listening. Yeah, and you're a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, for uh. people that I, I don't, you know, know how many people are familiar with Pat, but. Uh, 
Pat, I gave, you know, I gave Pat his first full-time radio job in Grand Forks, North Dakota. It's your fault. Yeah, it was my fault. And you know, and you know why I hired him because I just wanted him to leave me alone for five minutes. Stop <laughs> bothering you. He literally walked into my office me. and demanded that I hire him. Um, it happened and, to me at Jim Chanel at KSTPAM in 1972. I called him 83 times, and then he finally hired me. That's a true story. Same same deal. But so, where did you work in Grand Forks? Uh, it was a station called KQHT Magic 96. I Magic was the PD 96. up there. And the big highlight of my career in uh, at that time was that uh, uh, we made the cover of Hitmakers. Oh! And, uh, on the week of the Radio Conclave. So Grand Forks, North Dakota. That's uh, that's very impressive. Uh, that would yeah. have been big talk. Yeah, that was at the Radio, Radio Conclave. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Which is Dan? You know, the Radio Conclave used to be this huge event that they had, where oh, all the God, labels yes. would show up, and you know there'd be a pile of cocaine on the table and. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Little festivities. Yeah, so a very festive atmosphere is exactly right. Yeah, I, I uh, the whole situation, yeah, I just realized, I've thought about this before, but it just popped in my head again. Of all the radio jobs I've had, and I've worked at KNOX in Grand Forks, I worked at KVOX in Fargo, the only FM station I ever worked at was KQRS. <laughs> all the others were AM. AM. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I you it know, is. You think about that. It's like, really? But then I've been here for 36 years. Yeah, so AM like, oh, was yeah. a lot bigger a while ago. So Yeah, a while ago. It's It's been a it's while been a now. While. It's been a while. Too. but You know, you know I, I only really worked on one AM station. Um, and then most of the time it was, you're primarily hired on the FM station. You're the backup for the AM station. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. In case, because the older guys were on the AM station. Uh, and you never know when one of them were going to keel over, so you had to have an able-bodied person to come in. And, and back yep. then, you also had to make sure that uh, you kept the station on the air because you had a FCC license. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. air quotes license. Air quotes. Now nah, that whole oh my god. Well, a guy died on the air. Not when it was KQRS, but the signal was it was K Adam and K Eve, and I believe it was K Adam. I can't remember which was the AM, which was the FM. But a guy died on the air there. I do remember that. And I, the general manager probably called him into the office and said, Hey, what are you doing dying on the air? Yeah, what the hell? Get in here. Drag your ass in here. What are you doing dying on the air, man? I'm going to have to reprimand. That Did doesn't you run happen that? more often. Probably does. I mean, actually. you know, every radio station's broadcasting 24 hours for the past 40 years, you know, just statistically. Past 80 years. You know. Well, exactly. a lot of these radio stations now didn't exist 80 years ago. Well, no, that's true. That's absolutely. <laughs> FM's first big year. I, I do remember I had a bunch of friends that worked in St. Louis at KSLQ, and they used to call me and go, God, you're so lucky you're working at KSTPAM. God, I wish we were on the AM dial. Mm-hmm. Nobody listened to FM back in the early, that early is 70s. Amazing. Isn't that how it changed? Yeah. Well, it's for me, it just was the static and the not a good, strong signal. Yeah. I, you know. yeah. The, the fidelity of AM is a lot lower. That's why it's almost entirely relegated to talk now. Okay. You don't Smart. you don't need the fidelity for talk. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know that what we see all the time when we're talking to advertisers like Dan Chesky is that they a lot of these the younger audience the lifeblood of a blood of a business is your future your future customer right? right. Yep. They view it as grandpa's technology. Yeah. Oh, they, they do, oh sure. God, do they ever? Yep. There's no doubt about it. Well, don't you think that broadcast TV and broadcast radio has, what, five to ten more years? That's about it. I think our my kid is going to see broadcast TV as I see AM radio. It's like it's yeah. a thing yeah, that's, that's still true. around, but it's heyday is over, and it was, you know, it's a thing that my dad used to watch. Yeah, that's what it's going to be, because that's what AM is now. Basically, yeah, because I don't even watch broadcast TV anymore, so... I don't either. I watch streaming. Well, I watch, well, I watch broadcast shows on stream. Well, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. We stream everything. And now. think about where we're at now. I mean, your radio show probably has a future as strictly a podcast, I would guess, at some point. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Because, you know, it's just like television, right? Everything, everything mimics everything else. People want to listen to Tom Bernard when they want to listen to Tom mm-hmm. Bernard. Yeah, that's true. And look at uh, what's happened over the last couple of years with the pandemic and people's work schedules. Oh, yeah. They have been changed dramatically, and a lot of these people will never spend five days in the office again, and so they'll want to listen to the show, and so they'll listen on demand. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I don't mean this to be negative. It's going to sound mm-hmm. negative, but I've known the family forever. And I mean, Jenny Hubbard is a very good friend and, and all the rest of it. But I wonder, they own TV and radio stations. What the hell are they going to do 10 years from now? Sell I mean, off a lot of property, that's what. Well, they got a lot of property, no doubt about that. And they, they, they've done okay for themselves. But I just thought about that. If, if you're big... Uh, your big investment has been in broadcast TV and broadcast radio. What are you going to do 10 years from now? But, but you're right. They'll just transfer all that over to digital, and those mm-hmm. radio stations all become podcasts, and the TV station will become stream. Well, it already is streaming. Well, they'll sell the towers. Um, they will, yes. You know, the tower and, field, yeah. yeah. And I don't know whether you're familiar with Tubi or some of these other channels yep. that stream. They have found, and they were shocked to find this out over the last, I believe it was Viacom that wound up buying them, but there's two being these other streaming channels out there where they put them on the air like traditional television stations, gave you a lot of the channels that you couldn't get with an antenna like CNN, News. Right, and right. Some th- Have you seen these? And, mm-hmm. and, and they just, yeah. all they did was put commercials on these radio stations and still sell traditional advertising Agencies bought it, yep. and the stock is going up every day. So I would guess hmm. that these TV stations mm-hmm. like KSTP just may not have towers. Right. You know, the medium right. doesn't towers. really matter to people. People no, don't care how yeah, they right. get it as long as they can get it, and it's about the same amount of difficulty. Because that's the thing about KQ, for example, is right now you want to listen to KQ, you get in your car, and you, you, know, you hit four on your preset, and there you go. You got KQ. But if you want to listen to KQ podcast, how are you going to do that in your car? There's really no way without some pre-planning. You have to like load it up first or whatever. So they're going to have to think of a way to make it as easy as hitting four on your preset dial to bring up a podcast. And I don't really know how they're going to do that yet. They've well, got five years. They'll figure it out. Well, there's some out. companies out there like uh, Ub- Ubiquity. Ubiquity mm-hmm. that have been working on this for some time now, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. if they want to get it done, they'll figure out a way to get it done. Yeah. And you'll just have to pre-choose those, and they'll be available when you get in your ride. Right? You'll just ha- you'll just hit them on the screen. I know I can pick I can choose podcasts now on my phone, and my favorites are already set up. Yep. But you know the the, the, the reason I uh, and Dan, you and I have had this conversation a hundred times. The reason that radio works and the reason that some form of radio is always going to exist is that you get in the car, you hit the button, it's on. Yep, exactly. And for people that work 16 hours a day. It's so easy. That's right. You know, it's just hard to replace something that easy. And the fact that it already exists, all these radio stations are already broadcasting right now. There's no extra overhead. It's just, you know, if you want to get on the radio, you just get on the radio. Whereas in a, with a podcast, you kind of have to set up your own studio often, or you have to rent a studio or whatever. You have to find a streaming service. You know, this podcast took a lot of doing to get up. Whereas if we want to just get like a two-hour spot on a radio station, we just show up. Just walk in the door. You're yeah. just ready to go. That's basically, so basically what Ray is just telling me is I thought I was going to retire in five years and nine months, but I'm going to be <laughs> Sid Hartman part two. Yeah. I'll be a hundred. <sighs> Hey, did you hear what happened? To the Vikings still haven't won a Super Bowl. It's been 110 years, but, you know. Do you think I'll be, let's see. I might be, by the time the Vikings win a Super Bowl, I probably will be 109. <laughs> About 40 more years, that don't you think? That's the year you're thinking? Well, 40 more years, because they haven't even approached it. They've been in four Super Bowls. They were never in any of them. Well, at halftime no. at a Pittsburgh game, I guess. Close, but they were close. But how'd you way. like uh, Mike Zimmer's comments at halftime of the preseason game? Did you see those? I did not see the game, though. No, we were at uh, the St. Croix Yacht Club at a party, so we were at that this weekend. He was off the rails at halftime. Really? Oh yeah, he he was just after everybody. <laughs> um, I mean, the guy's a tyrant. He, I mean, he, oh yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, and you know, sometimes being a tyrant works. Look at Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that worked very well for him. There's no doubt about that. No good. George do you think, Steinbrenner. Worked do you for him. think that uh, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are feeling any pressure this year? Just a little. You think they're done after this year? Well, I think they're they're feeling some pressure, yeah, and the team really so. lacks depth. Oh god! You know the they they sucks. lacked depth in the, in the secondary. They lacked depth at receiver. And what if Kirk Cousins this year winds up 
uh, COVID positive. Oh, Because he's not vaccinated. He's not oh, vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my that's, God. That's the stuff that's outside of Zimmer's control that's got to that, – that's why he's so – you know, yeah, I bet you're right. Yep. Well, there's a whole lot of external forces that he can't control, and so he's grasping at what he can control. You mean like the owners? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you say, Brady? You know the story about uh, where down Catherine and I are going to have dinner down at the Breakers in Palm Beach, right? And I'm in line. She runs to the women's room. She comes back in line, and as she's coming back in, she sees me talking to this guy. He's wearing a Viking baseball cap and a Viking jersey. Right? And I'm talking to him, laughing and joking, having a little, you know, the blah, blah, blah. She walks up and she goes, Vikings? What are you wearing that for? The Vikings sucked. <laughs> I said, honey, uh, this is Mark Wilf. He's one of the owners of the Vikings. <laughs> like, thanks, sweetheart. This is Mr. Wilf. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Did, did he, how did he handle it? He went, well, we're, we're going to be better this year. You know, he gave mm-hmm. us that one. Right? Yep. We're working on it. We, <laughs> we're diligently what working on it. What do you think if you're... In that position as an owner, you just kind of prepare yourself for anything. Yeah, you have to. Well, like I do when I go. Most people don't. Although I don't know why, but more people know what I look like now than ever. And I don't ever go out in public. So I, don't, I suppose it's the internet or something, I guess. Probably. Uh, whatever. The but I, I already have to. I'm already prepared. When people walk up to me, I'm prepared. This is either going to be positive or negative, or I'm just going to have to slap the guy in the side of the head. Right. You know. At least you know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah you've been around doing this long enough. And That's I would right. think that the Wilfs have been around. And you'd think, you know, yeah. what's happened over the last you know few years where it hasn't gone exactly their direction, they got to be ready for that kind of stuff. Uh, if yep. they're if they're not ready for it, they're fools. Uh, I love uh, hearing uh, you know talking about people from other radio stations. Paul Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who Mike Florio is? That's familiar. Where would I know him? He, he from? is uh, from Pro Football Talk. He's the NBC Pro Football oh, Talk yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. And so he really, they have the scoop pretty much on any NFL news. Okay, it's an NBC, it's a, he, he's a former attorney, and he created this concept called Pro Football Talk, and he's, you know, he's on NBC and, and NBC Sports. And he refers to uh, Paul Allen as when he starts you know, glorifying and lionizing the Vikings' se- upcoming season yeah. as mm-hmm. a employee of the team. Oh, <laughs> okay, employee of the team. Oh, but a lot of a lot of a lot of these announcers do that. You know, we're, we're, he's he is an employee of the team. He is, so yes. you're always going to get the sugar-coated yep. version yep. of what's going to happen <clears throat> with the team. I will tell you this, if Steiny and Hammy had listened to me back in the day, I told those guys 25, 30 years ago, you get the Vikings, we'll be number one forever. Forever. Well, this is a music station. I said KSTPAM was a music station too. It's got nothing to do with it. They just wouldn't do it. If, if we had the Vikings last 25 years, we, I'd probably have a 70 share. Seriously. The emotion that the NFL generates yep, is unbelievable. And the way it sounds on FM with you know yeah. the Viking skull chant yep. and all that atmosphere. Yep. The aesthetics on FM, you're absolutely right. And I know I talked to Scott Jamison, your former boss. He was working his ass off to try to figure out <laughs> never, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Yeah. Um, I know he was working hard to try to get the Vikings. Oh, I know. Over they shut KQ. him down. Yeah. They shut him down, yeah. Really? Hmm. Yeah, the, the ownership shut him down. Well, the Dickies are the worst people I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, my God, those they're terrible human beings. Yeah, it's uh, the only time I'd ever seen anybody on the staff. I mean, literally, when they came in and took over the group, and they sent in their regional guy. They sent in the regional oh, guy. Oh, You remember that guy? Oh. Um, they sent in the uh. regional guy, and he comes into the sales meeting. And people literally get up and start walking out. You know, people that have worked at KQ for a decade <laughs> get up and just walk out. You're talking about Mitt Romney, right? What was his name? Look, just like Mitt uh, Romney. Oh, yeah. Um, Gar- Gary. Something. Yeah. I Gary Pizzotti. Pizzotti. I, I, I don't have anything go. to lose. I don't work for those people anymore. I don't have anything to lose either. I don't care. I'll, I got a yeah. podcast. I'll do this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of these people that you know, Sarah and Sally and some of these people that had yeah. worked, worked yeah. for you for a long time before I even got to KQRS at the time, just got up. And the stress was so high, I think 
people, I mean, literally, people were having health issues and stopped yeah. showing up to work, and it was a tough time for the stations. Oh, no, there's no question about it. And it continues. Well, look, I mean, most people in management have no idea what the hell they're doing. They, they were salespeople. They were selling socks or something, and now they're selling radio. But you don't know radio, so don't tell me. It's not that I'm an expert on radio, don't get me wrong, but I know a lot more than they do. No, but once you've done it for 45 or 50 years, yeah. you kind of get a knack for it. You know what this all comes back, that, back to is this, is talent. I mean, it really yeah, does. It does. You know, and, and you're talking yeah. to somebody that, you know, I sell your show. I have my own agency, Dinky Town Advertising, and I go out and I talk to people, and people want to talk to me about Tom Bernard. And so, listen, just like any company... Lots of the crap that goes on, you know, in the offices and all that kind of stuff, most of the time, if you can prevent it from happening, doesn't have anything to do with day-to-day business. And yeah. so, you know, what, like you, I heard you guys referencing, hey, my, my clients are my friends yeah, uh, er, earlier yeah, today. Yeah. What I do is I connect clients with people like you that can carry their message and tell their story well. And help them, to, like Dan does the commercials with you, tell their story well. And you right. know who cares about that? The consumer and the listeners. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, yep. I can't get on, if like, if I said, look, I'm not going to dinner with Chesky. I don't want to hang out with my advertiser. I don't want to do that. But I'm going to sit and talk to him on a commercial and pretend that I like him. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, yep. I already don't like him and I know him. So what is that? <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I can't fake that. Hey, Dan, how's life going? What have you been doing lately? You know, it sounds so phony. Yeah. Well, and we've worked with some clients that were less than forthright, and they just don't last. No, they don't. No, you're absolutely right. And the the clients that, you know, lots of times I will tell new clients that I'm working with that, do you really think these people would stick around as long as they have if they weren't seeing tremendous results? Yeah, yeah, no question about it. There's no doubt about it. we got to take a break here. Coming up in the second hour, boat-selling secrets, baby. <laughs> All right. Now we're talking. We'll be back.